Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along, check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax, and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, my fine friends. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Raha Lastapa. This week with the wonderful and charming... Lauren Patterson, lots of interesting stuff about how lockdown affects comedians in this one. Um, lots of stuff going on. My radio show, Relativity, is back on Radio 4 at 11.30 every Friday. Um, please tune in. You can get it on BBC Sounds. Uh, there are links in my Twitter and on my website for how you can listen to the first two series illegally, if you wish. I also have a brand new book coming out that I'm just putting the finishing touches to. It will be out on November the 5th. It's called The Problem With Men, uh, When's International Men's Day and Why It Matters. I think you'll like it. It uh, takes you a lot further than the tweets I usually do on March the 8th. Uh, but I think it's funny, and I think it's got some good stuff to say. I would love it if you would pre-order it, preferably for one of the big places like Amazon or Waterstones. Um... But if you want to wait till it comes out, you'll be able to buy it at GoFasterStripe and at your independent bookshops as well. But the more pre-sales we can get, the more chance it has of being a success. That is the disgusting nature of the publishing business. Uh, I hope you will pre-order that. And uh, even if you don't, I hope you enjoy these podcasts, <laughs> you, you motherfuckers. So um, let's sit back, relax, and enjoy Raha Lastapa with Lauren Patterson. <laughs> Hello, welcome to my lovely attic. Please welcome a man who has not prepared an introduction to himself, because that's insane. He's already here. It's Richard Herring. Thank you. Hello. Hope you're all right, everyone. I'm shouting because I can't hear myself at all. I hope you can hear me. It's good I can't hear myself. That's correct. But we've just had some technical issues before we started, which was uh, very exciting. Nice to see you all in the chat room. Uh, thanks for coming along. Uh, we're... Uh, this is Richard Herring's Let's Start Teaching podcast, because it's time to go back to school, everyone. It doesn't matter if the virus is still out there and going to kill our kids and teachers, more importantly, uh, as long as we try and get back to normality. So uh, I'm going to have to make that difficult decision uh, myself uh, quite soon as to whether my daughter is going to go back to school. I mean, I'd love to get rid of her, but not permanently, you know what I mean? So it's... Uh, it's a, it's a quandary, um, and, and also, I'm the most at-risk person in this house, So, <laughs> especially since the lockdown. Luckily, you can only see me from uh, 
the nipples upwards. I mean, and you know, I, the, the, I'm, you can't have bare nipples on Twitch or you get taken off. Uh, that's a warning to our guest. Uh, uh, although I was uh, hanging around with the crew of HMS Vigilant, the nuclear submarine, uh, this week, and uh, they call it Rahalastapus. So I don't know if that's going to catch on. I genuinely have been t- talking with someone from that submarine uh, on on uh, Twitter. And uh, he asked if I would send some signed emergency questions books because he says people in the Navy uh, love to ask uh, hypothetical questions. I'm just trying to get my glass. I always do this because I'm always trying to use this as a mirror. My glasses look all skewy. Uh, it hasn't helped. They're worse. It's got worse. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and uh, he asked me to send some copies of my book. So I've sent them loads of copies of the of my book to the HMS Vigilant, which is good because it's a nuclear submarine. If there's a nuclear war, it will be one of the only things that survives probably. And so I've got this 50 copies of my book in that submarine. I reckon there's a chance it could become the greatest work of literature from our era, provided there's a nuclear war. So that's, fingers crossed, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, you can buy all three of these emergency questions books at gofasterstripe.com. Uh, they're £10 each, but only £20 if you buy all three. So what, who can say fairer than that? And all the money from that will go to making uh, more podcasts. You can also buy monthly badges. There, look, I'm like Eric Morgan. What's going on? And um, you can also, uh, monthly badges, com slash badges if you want to support us on a monthly basis. You can also, if you're with Amazon Prime, you give £5 a month for our Twitch stream if you want. There's a the video on our YouTube channel explaining how to do that. So please join in if you can. Uh, it's all about the kids this week. I've got no, I've got nothing uh, except uh, uh, my children to talk about. Uh, we were going on a long walk uh, the other day and we saw the moon in the sky in the daytime it's weird isn't it what was what's going on it's like a confused owl out in the daytime and uh my son loves the moon my daughter's quite obsessed with it she was asking how far away it was i had to look that up on google but i wondered if they would ever get to go and step on the moon there's a possible isn't there that our kids will get to go on the moon but you would i'm sure my parents must have thought the same as well i'm sure my parents must have thought that 1969 i was two years old they think oh richard will walk on the moon i mean it's not beyond the question i might hobble on the moon um but uh will our kids look at this look at this it's ridiculous what's happened to it and that, there we go it's just that's it uh for people listening to the audio podcast this is going to make little to no <laughs> sense uh but uh, i'm having trouble with my glasses we've had trouble with our headphones it's all fine uh and uh, let's crack straight on thank you to everyone who's here there's 259 people watching um hopefully there'll be more as we crack on uh this is an unheard of thing i'm recording two rahalastoppers in the same night it's never happened before it will never happen again um and uh, this one is going out quite a long way afterwards the the second one so if you're listening it's going to be confusing but uh i've got a long long night ahead of me i'm awake at the moment which is what i can say it's eight o'clock as i'm recording this uh the next one's at 10 o'clock and i I don't really stay up that late usually, so that should be interesting. Anyway, my guest this week is probably best known for her appearance on ITV2's The Great Christmas Rant. We know that's why we're here. Will you please welcome Lauren Patterson, ladies and gentlemen. Here she is. Look at that. Hello. Hello. Hi. Very on brand, wearing a Newcastle sweatshirt, hoodie. Fantastic. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. I'm tired. You're looking amazing. You're looking, it doesn't look like you've been in lockdown for three months. No, and today I've been at work six in the morning until five. And look at this. Wow. Still, still smiling. Oh, that's that's the beauty of that's youth. That's customer fantastic. service face right there. And you're you're in your bedroom at your, you're staying with your mum and dad through lockdown. I am, yes. Uh, so you're in, it's not your own childhood bedroom, though. It's the bedroom no. of your, your, your So this used to be bedroom. my sister's bedroom. And then the right. second she moved out, I did what every youngest sibling do, which was be like, the box room can fuck off. And I'm finally having more space than I need. <laughs> <laughs> so how is it being, was that a decision you made at the start of lockdown to go back to Newcastle like a... So salmon of. returning to your spawning spawning grounds. So my tenancy in London was meant to end at the end of meant to end at the end of March, and I thought because I had a really like expensive summer. I had three weddings. I had the Edinburgh Fringe, and so me and my 
now ex-boyfriend were like oh, yeah. tell you what um there's so much to unwrap here that's, that was a that was a loaded loaded x there wasn't it <laughs> just in case the people who are listening and not watching can't see the sadness in my eyes oh. <laughs> i'm fine but um <laughs> we had a really expensive summer so we were like well rather than add the stress of finding a new place to live we'll both go home for a couple of months save yeah. loads of money we've got all these nice things over the summer so we'll still see each other loads and then i'll move back after the fringe and then none of the weddings are happening anymore so I suppose wow. that's a money saver but also yeah. I don't have a boyfriend anymore and I'm living at home for the foreseeable <laughs> My goodness, it's been it's been brutal I mean I think that that's as someone in a relationship I was I've, I've thought this a lot you know if this lockdown had happened in the mid 90s mm-hmm. I mean it wouldn't have been much different in my normal life to be honest but also it would have been so depressing to be yeah. uh to be single through this but you've you've broken up during, during yeah so literally today this is what I might, I might keep like sneakily looking at my phone my yeah. possessions are currently in a van on the way back from London <laughs> because oh, it's hard dear. to get your possessions back when nobody can drive other than Dominic Cummins that's <laughs> <laughs> but he went from he been, he exactly up, I'm like Cummins man what are you doing you could have won yourself a voter by driving my cookbooks up <laughs> Oh dear! Well, that's that's. Uh, I mean, it's you were going to be doing the Edinburgh Fringe this year, were you again? Were you, you had working on your show. I was going to be at the oh, Monkey man, Barrel, dreamy venue. But I'm like, you know what? All this stuff will still be there in a year, hopefully. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Keep smiling. Well, hopefully, hopefully your boyfriend will catch the virus and die. No, that might be <laughs> that might your ex boyfriend. That would then it would be a positive point, and at least one person from each marriage could also die and then you don't have to go to the weddings yeah. no, that's not, that's not <laughs> nice it's lucky i said that that's not nice um well we'll talk about that a bit more Do, i did i don't think i talked to you about itv2's the great christmas rant the last uh-huh. time i had one which wasn't too long ago um what was that? What was what was your uh, take on the Christmas? That was like my oh. first telly thing that I got right. to do. That was sort of like comedy. And it was, I think it was the Christmas after I got nominated for the award in Edinburgh. But obviously it films in like, what, September or something? Yeah. I got to celebrate Christmas in September, which was amazing. And it was like this sort of car park in East London that they'd done out like a little Christmas grotto with different rooms. And you basically had to write sort of like, monologues ranting about different things about Christmas whether it was like Christmas crackers or your family or whatever but I Mm -hmm. loved it because like I'd not done any telly before so I was like oh my god I'm getting my makeup done I've been given a selection box and there's fairy lights like I (laughs) fucking love tv this is (laughs) yeah if only it was all as good as that I know you said the first time you've been on TV doing comedy. Uh Where did you been on TV before that's my interviewing do you know about my extras work no, I don't know unless you talk about it. I was an extra on Tracy Beaker. Okay. Yeah, when I was Maybe I did know. when I was eighteen, um right. they rang me up and they said I was gonna play a mugger. So I was a walk on part, that's one above an extra. You get, yeah. You get paid more money and I got a coat when it got cold. That's why they that's the that's the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> and um when I turned up I had like my joggers, because I used to do extras work for another show, which I'll get to. And um, I know you can sit for a long time around set, not doing anything. So I turned up in joggers and like a hooded jacket. And when I turned up, they went, oh, amazing, you've come dressed, which I hadn't. I had not come dressed as a mugger. But what a great way to find out that my general aesthetic is um, criminal. <laughs> yeah, that is good. So what what was the other what's the other show? Yeah, that, it was a show called Wolf Blood, which was another CBBC. This is the thing when you're an adult who looks young, you get all the CBBC extras work because they're like, we yeah. can work you more hours than we can work a child, but you look like one, which is <laughs> <laughs> great. So that was I did the first series of that. It was like set in a school, and it was about this girl who turned into a wolf, but other people didn't know she was a wolf, and they couldn't find out she was a wolf. Um, and I played just one of the people in the school, but I was a like a what was it a oh, I can't remember a recurring extra or something, which meant like I'd be in the classroom and I'd be in the corridor and I'd be here and I'd be in the science room. So like that was fun. Yeah, that was just well, before so I went to uni. You kind of you knew. I mean, you started stand up very young. You've been doing stand up for eight. I think I saw you tweet that yeah, it had been your eighth eight, birthday uh, of stand up. Yeah. So yeah. you, you're 20. So you started doing stand-up when you were 18 or 18, yeah. yeah. No, baby. So, so you decided very early on to sort of get into this. I think that's the thing when you're young, though, is you're, you've got 
confidence that you don't have as an adult. We're well, not confident. You've got arrogance. Because I wouldn't say I was a confident 18-year-old, but I was like, yeah, why wouldn't I do stand-up? Because I didn't know anything about sort of the world of comedy. So it meant I had no fear. Like, I wasn't scared yeah. to try it because I didn't wear sort of now as an adult. I'd be like, oh, my God, but there's gong shows and you get booed off and there's heckles and there's this. But when I was 18, I was like, this seems fun. Why wouldn't I try this? Like, <laughs> I just went into it completely blind. But also it meant I didn't have any. One of my first gigs was a gong show. Like, right. it, and I didn't even know what a gong show was. I was like, that sounds fun. And they were like, oh, there's a big bell on the stage. And if you're shit, they ring it and you have to leave. And I was like, well, I best not be shit then. <laughs> Seems the obvious solution here. <laughs> well, it's lucky. Not everyone, a lot of people go on and think they're going to be good. And they are very much mistaken by that. <laughs> um, but it's a good way to find It's a good way to find out if you've, if you're, it's not necessarily, you know, I think it's a different skill isn't it to be funny with your friends and to be funny in front of an audience yeah. but for your first show to be a gong show is is a, is quite intense I know my very first one was then you know so you think you're funny the competition I oh, had yeah. the heats of that right because I didn't know any I don't know if the standard even opened then I don't think the standard opened in Newcastle I know maybe it had no it just opened so it hadn't been opened yeah, long, but I had no idea how to get in there wasn't really any other sort of like gigs in Newcastle that I knew of but I saw that competition was coming to Newcastle and I was like well I guess that's my first gig like and I didn't see it as oh I'm entering a competition I saw it as oh I'm getting some stage time and then I got yeah. through and I found out when I was at a festival in Scotland I was at Tea in the Park and they rang us to say I'd got through but I kind of forgot I'd entered because I did it for stage time and not for a competition so I was right. like oh what do you mean I have to come to Edinburgh <laughs> like oh I hadn't hadn't quite planned for that one that was Susan Kalman hosted my semi-final did she rightly and wow. um the person who won I don't think has gone on to do much it was Ashling B I don't know if you've heard of her oh, no, I haven't heard no of her. she no. won that yeah but okay. kind of just fizzled out I guess <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a very strong lineup for straight away. Uh, she was a guest just the other week. Uh, amazing. Well. She was uh, my last live guest, in fact. Oh, really? I mean, not she, they're all alive, but yeah. she was the last, one, last one in front of an audience. <laughs> and since then, I've just murdered every guest. <laughs> and it's become a kind of murder mystery podcast because they're very popular as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's talk. I mean, I, I partly wanted to talk to you again. I mean, we have spoken fairly recently, the last Fringe, mm -hmm. um, but there was uh, there was an article in The Guardian about uh, you having to cope yes. with suddenly all your work. I mean, you've, you're, you've, you've built this up over seven, eight years and mm -hmm. got to this point where you're now, I think you've just, have you given up all other forms of employment? Yes, I went full-time full time April 2017. So pretty <laughs> right, much exactly okay. three years to the day yeah. where I lost it. <laughs> we had a good so innings. You, but, so you were working full-time and you had a full diary and then suddenly, yeah. and I think I think this is something that people don't appreciate because they think, when they think stand-ups, they think, oh, Michael McIntyre, you know, yeah. Peter Kay, they'll probably have a bit of money squirreled away exactly. and, be, and get through this. But but a lot of stand-ups uh, completely rely on live live yeah. largely. That's the thing. I think so many people like look at TV comics and sort of your big big touring comics, and then when they say like, oh, comedians have lost their work, they're like, oh well, wh why would I care? Look, they're obviously doing all right. And I'm like, if you think that's all there is to comedy, you are missing so much comedy. Sure. Like, there's a whole <laughs> circuit out there, which is yeah. wonderful, but. Yeah. It is, but then it's because you know, I I kind of got behind this heckle the virus campaign for, uh, that uh, next up we're doing via just giving. Yeah, I'm actually doing. I'm actually doing. We're doing a a sort of closing gig for that charity oh, to try lovely. and raise a bit more money on Saturday. If people want to tune into that, there'll be details on Twitter about mm. that um, with some Adam Buxton and various other people taking part in it. So it should be good fun. But yeah, a lot. That's what I think. Uh, I sort of felt like comedians who'd done pretty well yeah. out of the comedy circuit should. I really wanted comedians to kind of donate to that, which many of them did. Yeah. But it, it felt like, you know, I, I realised straight away, I mean, I think all stand-ups did, because <laughs> I lost all my live work, obviously, uh, that um, it was going to be very difficult to get through, even if it was two or three months uh, for us to, yes. to get through that. Yeah. Um, and then most comedians don't have savings. Most comedians Absolutely. are living hand-to-mouth. The whole reason I was moving home for three months was to save money, for the basically for the fringe and so I could yeah. rent somewhere a bit now because I was renting a shithole in London I had mice in the walls physically in the walls it was horrible the only reason my landlord did something is because I left a note pinned to the door that said I was having a breakdown and then they fixed it um, <laughs> 
was like, right, well, we want to move somewhere a bit nicer. Um, so technically, yes, now I am saving money, but I'm also not earning any money. Well, I am now because I've got a job, but still. So I think I had a few people saying to me, like, oh, well, it's all right for you. You're living at home. And I was like, yeah, but the plan wasn't to live at home forever. It was to live at home for three months. And I would like, when this pandemic is over, to be able to move out and stand on my own two feet. And I'm not going to be able to do that if I'm not earning during the pandemic so that's why I went and do you want to see my high-vis jacket I got it worked I do it. yeah yeah so what where, where where are you working I'm I'm going... oh I'm giving away okay. all my bottoms on there oh no okay <laughs> enjoy yourself I'm, I'm wearing joggers this, this proves how much I miss being on stage and being the center of attention because I got given this at work today and I was like oh my god this is the best day of my life I've got a high-vis jacket feels so important I have to wear it every time I go outside okay I think I, think I look great in it it's nice. It's very nice. Yeah. And will you get to keep that after the job's over, or do you have to give that back? I am not yeah. giving this back. Okay. <laughs> no way. Just lose it. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's. I mean, it, I mean, I suppose there's there's no real alternative to going back to work. But it's hmm. it, it's. I think that that would feel again. I think to a lot of people watching would think, well, yeah. that seems like a weird move to go back and work in the supermarket. But yeah. Did you do that? Did you, have you done that kind of work before? That's the thing. I always worked up until the point where I went full time. I worked like bars. I worked in restaurants. I worked in shops. I've always worked to support me comedy. And I think I don't want to play the um the if I just take that working class chip off my shoulder for a second. But I think I've always had that mentality of like, but if I want to do this, I have to work for it. And when I went, when I first started to get paid gigs, even if it was a shit gig, I would calculate how many hours I would have had to work in the pub to earn that thing. Yeah. So if it was yeah. a 40 quid gig uh, and say if, if I was only making 20 after I travel, I'd be like, yeah, or would you rather work three hours in the pub? And I'd be like, no, I'd rather do the comedy. So I think I've always been very appreciative of doing comedy because I know that the alternative is long hours in a job I hate so I was like but yeah even the worst gig is better than the shortest shit shift I did in a pub or whatever and I always used to say like what the second I went full-time I think I don't think this is just a work-class thing I think this is a general low self-confidence comedian thing I was like someone's gonna take this all away from me one day I just know it like this is such a fragile industry and it could all disappear one day so I'm never gonna be complacent never gonna like get ahead of myself and if anything ever happens I will go and get a job like if my diary empties for whatever reason if I get sick or something and can't gig like I'll, I'll go back and get a job so I think that's why I was quite like the second I did lose all my work I was like right guess I'm going to get in a job that's fine yeah that's brilliant I well, like yeah, it. it has to be done, but it's you know, it's sort. Of, uh, hopefully, it'll be a uh, short-term thing. But there's no real way of. I mean, there isn't as when I cancelled when I got my Les Square Theatre gigs cancelled. Yeah, they sort of tentatively put them back in in June, and yeah. I went even in March. I went. Yeah, I can't really see they're going to be June, <laughs> uh, so they're now tentatively back in now. There's a few back in sort of the October November schedules, and I think even mm. that it's not. What's it's going to be the thing? last thing back, isn't it? I had a few things rescheduled. Some of the first things that got cancelled for me, I had rescheduled to September. And I was very confident they'd go ahead. But in the last few weeks, I've been like, no, they won't. But you know what? Bloody love my new job. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it because by default, I am the funniest person there. <laughs> <laughs> and like the people that me ma's worked there for 15 years. So I think right. the, the, the staff kind of know about me through her. So it's not like being the new girl at work. Everyone's like, it's Jackie's daughter. And I'm like, I have arrived. Hello. And uh, I like chatting to people. So I think like I just sit in like my customers on the till. I'll chat to them. I do like um, I answer the phones to sort out like deliveries for the old people and the vulnerable who can't go shopping and they love to chat and I love old people so I have so many wonderful conversations and then I get loads of people being like e, you've been lovely to talk to and I'm like I think you're forgetting I'm lonely too like <laughs> I'm, I'm sat in an office with a bloody high-vis jacket on like so I'm do you really get, enjoying it do you get first dibs on the stuff that is difficult to get like have you got lots of flour at home that's the thing that still that still isn't in many well, supermarkets I start at six in the morning at the minute so I'm quite tempted to like stockpile all the flour yeah. and then start I mean, a secondary can... flour business definitely yeah <laughs> you can make a lot Soleros is what I'm not I, I haven't been able to buy Soleros oh, for about yeah. two months and I, I I was having a Solero a day that was my treat <laughs> and so now my world's fallen apart so I'm having exactly. four or five treats a day to make up for the to lack balance of it out. <laughs> and that's the that's the result um so if you have any Soleros, put them aside for me. You know where to send them. And I'll and I'll come I'll pop up and I'll drive up and get them. I think that's I think that's allowed. It's a, it's a shopping trip, that's allowed. I'm still exactly. allowed to 
Um, and uh, how far on were you with your Edinburgh show? Do you, you written well, it? I took last year off um, yeah. and sort of went and did like a one-off of the show the year before, which was called Peachy. And anyone who's physically watching, look, I got peaches on my bed because I'm um, very basic but very on brand. Um, and I sort of came back from Edinburgh, and because I hadn't done the full run at the festival, I was like oh I miss that I miss like writing a show and being in front of people um so I started writing material in like September October did a preview in February and managed to fill the hour and then I did about four five previews across February March and I was like this is gonna be like and when you've got that fire in your belly as a comedian because I'd had the year off it reminded us why I love it because I'd been able to have a step back from Edinburgh and all that chaos and be like oh no I do like doing comedy I do love doing shows and I do love the fringe I just needed a little little snooze from it and I was really excited so but ironically my show was about loneliness okay Um, and it was called party of one which is now a deliciously ironic title now I've been dumped (laughs) isn't it that's a that's a one in hindsight but I was really enjoying writing it and I had that lovely feeling as I I hope that all comics feel this because my biggest worry as a comedian is that I'll stop loving doing it or that I'll feel like bitter about it and like I never want to get like that because this job means so much to me so much and that's why I'm pleased I had a year off because I was like oh no I do love it I was just like tired of Edinburgh for a bit and I felt so like excited I had all these like I just felt so I can't think of any other word other than excited I was proper buzzing that's it (laughs) And I was like, well, that is- sounds like that will still work, uh, yeah. you, know, sub- you know, after Edinburgh and for the next fringe, exactly. if there is a next fringe. I know. Um, and if it doesn't all fold up as well. Um, and, you know, I think that it's there must be a, there must have been a lot. Of, it's a real test of every relationship right? this, because either you're separated from the person you're you know, in a relationship exactly. with them, so many people are. Or you're not separated at all That's from why them. This is the so thing, it's, yeah. It's a, big, it's a big test of love. I feel like I think at least being separate, we've ended on good terms. Whereas if we yes. maybe say if we'd still been living together and it ended yeah. when we were living together, I don't think that would have ended well. No, that's true. <laughs> I think I would and have I just think... refused to leave the flat. <laughs> <laughs> I think coming out of this single mm-hmm. will be good. I think it'll be good because I think yeah. there'll be once it's absolutely all over. Yeah. The whole of the world is going to turn into a massive party exactly. slash fuck fest. So it would be good to be a single, I think. And you I, know, you know what? A... Without sounding too like hippy dippy or anything, or yeah. too like I, I obviously I'm aware what's going on is horrible. So I don't necessarily feel good about the world, but I feel really fucking good about myself because I've lost okay. everything. Like I'm fine. I promise I'm fine. I can't stress enough. But I have lost everything, so I've had to spend this time focusing on me focusing on what I want focusing what I want to do next and what I've realized I want is like well I suppose I realized all along I was like I want to be up north I love being up north this is where I want to be I don't want to be in London I want to do comedy I want to make people laugh I'll do whatever it takes to get there and you know what I'm a brilliant person and it doesn't matter if I'm on my own because I'm I'm like appreciating my own company and stuff I feel like I'm turning into this really like like Lauren 2.0 and I don't know if it's because maybe the blonde is growing out or something like I've got blonde hair but I haven't been to a hairdresser in months and I feel like as the blonde grows out like the true Lauren is coming back and I'm like yes yes she is she's gonna You've be probably fine. just got cabin fever and have gone mad and once yeah. you come out of it you'll realize what a bleak and terrible exactly. situation you're in but <laughs> it's good that for the moment yeah. you're full of delusion feel delusion. I know it, you know I think you have to, you know, all, you know, we've been so lucky in so many ways to have these, a life where something like this hasn't happened before. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and where we haven't been seriously in a, you know, a world war or anything in our lifetimes. Exactly. So that might, that may change. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 2020, uh, nothing could surprise yeah. me now. <laughs> well, it's, you know, I, 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 I think that things are, are going to be difficult. Uh, yeah. I think for for a good time and and maybe more than difficult. So uh, it will uh, it will be interesting to see. But do you stay positive? Exactly. And, and it'll be safe in Newcastle. It'll be fine up there. Nothing bad's going to happen. Yeah, we can fight it off. I'll yeah. fight it off. It'll be fine. <laughs> right. Look, I'll ask you some emergency questions. We did some for the uh, badges uh, beforehand, which were very funny. So uh, let's see what we will come up with. Uh, these are as used by the uh, crew of HMS Invincible. <laughs> So if you don't like them, I can have a nuclear strike. Uh, I won't do a Christmas one. That seems in, uh, uh, inappropriate. 
Um, okay, this is a, this is an interesting one. If you could travel back to medieval times, what single object would you take with you that would guarantee that you would be made queen slash worshipped as a god? Oh, I would take oh, no one of those micro pigs, like the teacup pigs. I would take a tiny little pig and just yeah. watch the like chaos unfold as this pig just grew to be like the size of the city and they'd be like, Who is this woman and this magic ever growing pig? And then I would okay. leave again and they wouldn't know what <laughs> But then you would you'd be you'd be the you'd be the, the, the god of the society. You could yeah, change everything. There'd be, a, for the better. there'd be a day named after me and it would be a pig day. And it would be the day a majestic, once blonde, now slightly stripy haired woman arrived and brought bacon to the land very good i think i am delusional uh, richard i think this I is think you are, but that's good i mean i definitely am you know i mean that's i i i sort of all the things i i do that i've been doing in lockdown as well on here yeah are all kind of kept playing with the idea of mental illness and breakdowns so i play myself <laughs> at snooker at night and i collect, collect stones in the morning but I've been doing it for so long now that I just think, yeah. well, hey, I was never quite sure whether it was I was really mad or not. But uh-huh. then actually to make it your whole life, you sort of, you do get into that situation where it's difficult to work out whether you've crossed the line between. Yeah. I think, do you think that's the thing with comedians? I mean, we're sort of, we're sort of, there's a pretense about who we are. Even if we're, we're ourselves on stage, it's still a heightened version of ourselves. Yeah. But I think we play around a lot with the idea of madness and, you know, and misunderstanding things in a, in a sort of insane way, yeah. You know? uh, and I, I wonder to what extent you start crazy, or whether it drives you crazy. I think it, it's—I've always Fine been fascinated, line, isn't it? <laughs> it is. But I've been fascinated by that, you know, by that distinction because so much comedy does seem to be about, you know, aping or mocking mental illness in a way, not mm-hmm. not like not like not knocking down it, just the the mental illness we all have in ourselves. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's, it's to something like this where you really are, I think again, if you're solo, you've got your family around you, which yeah. is, is nice. I think like for people, if people are just, it's sort of a bit like being in prison, isn't it? Oh, this, absolutely. This, it's like we've all been sent to prison for, I did suggest in another podcast that we should all be allowed to commit a crime of the length of time we've been <gasps> locked down. If Ooh. you could do that, which could you, do what, you have an idea? Do you have a crime, crime you would I like commit? to commit? It's about three months, so it's not, you can not much. You might get, if it's a first offence, you might get away with punching someone. This is going to sound like months. the most pathetic crime ever, but I've always wanted to smash a window. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. That you, you wouldn't get more than three months I've for never, that. So. Like, I remember once being really angry at a flatmate for never washing his dishes. And I remember yeah. saying one day, like, if he doesn't wash them dishes, I'm just going to go smash one in the garden. And then he didn't. So I did. And I felt right. really bad. But he didn't notice because he never washed them. So he didn't notice one was missing. But, like, that just thrill of smashing something, I was like, yeah. oh, this is a this is a new I reckon thrill. You do. I reckon you should do that. Find out where your ex is living. Just go and throw a brick <laughs> through the window. Or turn up to the and supermarket you're... tomorrow and just smash everything. Yeah. I mean, you've <laughs> got a high vis okay. jacket. It's fine. It's approved. <laughs> it's It'll be easy to find. It's her. It's <laughs> her in the high vis jacket. You could put it on someone else and run away. Exactly. Um, good. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, is honesty the best policy? If not, what is the best policy? 
tact is the best policy. Tact? Yeah. Wow. Because Very good. I think honesty is fine, but sometimes honesty can be delivered in a way that's very hurtful so yeah, like you know like, I feel like especially as like a woman if I'm like oh I've had my hair cut and I think it looks shit do you agree and like you know that it looks shit but what you want them to say is it doesn't look that bad or whatever or to like soften the blow but when someone's like yeah you look like a moose it's like well no you didn't have to say that did you like you could have been tactful so I think tact yeah. is the best I think I'm quite and tactful. with and you're allowed to is does the tact allow you to lie or do you still have to be honest with the tact? You have to be honest, but in a way that's not like soul destroyingly hurtful. Like, okay. that would be nice. <laughs> so, other things that I've got that I've. Well, there is a question about laminators. I'm not going to find it, but you've been working. I've seen I've got a laminator. With a laminator. Yeah, because yeah. I'm in the office answering the phone yeah. some of the time. I sometimes get little odd jobs to do, and I got asked to laminate things. Yeah. Second best what day of my life, followed by getting a high vis jacket. <laughs> I've got I've got a laminator over there. It's, I don't use it very much, but it's oh, enjoyable when you do use it. I very yeah. much what, enjoyed what's, it. What's the best thing you've laminated? I was laminating pictures of fruit, which was okay. good. I enjoyed yeah. that. I think my favourite go- to watch was the banana because it was like it was sort of being stretched coming out. Yeah. Could you not just have laminated some fruit and put that <laughs> yeah. there? Was it to put in the shop? To, yeah. This is banana. Do you, do you don't really need to do that, do you? You don't need to put a picture of a banana, buy some bananas. <laughs> we are northern. We do need help sometimes. <laughs> Genuinely, I feel like such a stereotype. When I went on the checkouts, obviously, when you've got like loose vegetables, there's no barcode, so you search for it on the till. And what I have learned is I don't know what a lot of vegetables are, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> there are some complicated ones there, I have so, to say. Um, if you get served by me, everything's coming through as a carrot. <laughs> Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. And as long as the thing you're buying is more expensive than a carrot. Yeah. That's, the, that's what you have to That's do. your next podcast. Is it more expensive <laughs> than a carrot? <laughs> um, and uh, again, I noted from your Twitter that you're, uh, you were sad to realise your uh, 16 to 25 rail card is going to I've got it. Go defunct. Is it? Has it gone defunct? It's, what date is it? Oh, my God. Imagine if it's today. What date is it? Oh, it's tomorrow. It's the 4th of June. I expire. Oh. There I am. Look, this is me on my A-level results night. Look at that wow, fringe. That doesn't... Sweepy, sweepy. But, yeah, um, that doesn't yeah. look like you. It expires, expires tomorrow. Wow, so you've got one more chance to use it and you can't, you yeah. won't be able to use it. Where can I go? You're going to have to pay full price. Full They've price got 26 to 30 ones now. Have they? Oh, yeah, right, awesome. but I'm sad to, see, sad to see this one go. Served me, served me well. I could get 25% off uh, any journey in the southeast with oh. it. You get a net, you get a network rail card and any any journey in the south uh, southeast is is 20 25% off something like that. It's only 30 quid a year. It's That's fine. pretty good. Yeah, I don't use the train anymore now. I drive into <laughs> London when I go into London. No it's one a waste uses of money. the train anymore. No one uses the train. Um and uh the, oh this was another Twitter thing. I've uh-huh. just been looking at I've been stalking you on Twitter. Amazing. Um you were you were giving examples of when everyone assumes that everyone in Newcastle knows each other, and yes, you, it's you're an, trying to argue against it. But it's annoyingly true. It really yeah. is. Yeah. So can you remember the examples you gave? I, there's one that I can't remember if I gave, but I'm also right. I can't remember. I, I, I'd not say that one, but there was one where okay. <laughs> one where my ex said was like, "Oh, my family, um, some of my family live in Newcastle," and I was like, "I bet you I know them." And he was like, "Oh no, Newcastle's not that small." And it turned out his cousin was taught by my dad's best friend. So I was like, go. "Yeah, so I do know him." And then it was when I worked at the restaurant in London. They were like, "Oh, a Geordie girl used to work here," and I was like, "Oh, well, I guess I'm the new one." But then that Geordie girl came back, and everybody was like, "But you know each other," and we were like, "Um, that's actually really a rude thing to say. Like, how offensive that you just think all northern people know each other." And then she turned up, and I was like, "I recognise you." And she was like, no, you don't. You're just saying it. It's the accent. Like, it's making you think of home. I was like, I recognize you. And I was like, what school did you go to? We didn't go to the same school. And then I was like, do you sing? And she was like, yeah, I'm a singer. And I was like, I've seen your band perform because my best friend dated the guitarist in your band. And she was like, no way. <laughs> but yeah. And then there was a third one, but I can't remember what the third one was. Do you think it's, um, I think it's a little bit to do with the fact that people in Newcastle get to know each other. Like in London, like you, yeah. that doesn't happen. Because uh-huh. you don't get to know anyone in London. Oh, the, Whereas uh, if you live somewhere a bit more friendly or a bit smaller, you you tend to, you know, socialise. Absolutely. And... I've remembered what the third one was. I wasn't oh, yeah. going to say it because I was like, I don't know if I can 
if I can talk about that one because of who it's about, but I tweeted it, so it's fine. But it was um somebody who I'd been flirting with since I've come back. Because I told you, strong, independent, Laura. Oh, you did a sassy little wiggle there. <laughs> that was a treat for the back watchers. In, it didn't take long. It didn't take long. <laughs> you I'm missed the treat your... there. Oh, you're glad that ended. <laughs> But yeah, I started flirting with somebody Good. and, you I'm know, glad. like, obviously, I feel like in London, you're so used to being anonymous and like, you can sort of flirt with anybody, talk to anybody, date anybody and people, you can live like as many lives as you want and people won't know. And then I went into work and one of the girls who I work with was like, the person you've been flirting with is my brother's girlfriend's uh, no, yeah, her brother's girlfriend's brother is the person who I'd been flirting with. And I was like, Newcastle is so small. I've been back a few weeks. I've flirted with one person and we've already got a connection. This is... Yeah. Yeah, it's very They're small. watching you and they know they know you've been flirting. You've been flirting very overtly then if you, if they've, if they've it's been spotted by other people. Not, not, that's gotta, just... You've got to play it cool. It's in Newcastle. Right. Everyone's at each other's windows just looking out for, like, intruders and new people. And we see everything. But I think it's because we are chatty, so, like, we'll talk to people. Like, that's what I found when I first moved to London and I tried to chat to someone who was waiting for, like, the tube and they looked like I was mad. And I was like, oh, it just doesn't feel as friendly. Whereas, like, I'll talk to people at the bus stop all the time and stuff up here. And I think that's how you end up, like, you'll see someone in the street and you're like, oh, that's Mary. And everyone's like, how do you know Mary? And I'm like, no, I picked up something she dropped once eight years ago and now we're best friends. Like, that's <laughs> it's very much the vibe in Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, but look, hey, I mean, like when I, whenever I got dumps, usually, uh huh, like, the first thing I did was when I mean I didn't go out and flirt with people. I went out and tried to. You've been in a relationship. Uh-huh. You've got to get out and try and get snogging something. I know you can't do that now. It's illegal, Richard. <laughs> well, you could do it with some kind of sheet. You could do it without snogging. <laughs> some kind of perspex sheet up with a little hole in it. Work around that. Oh, I never thought I'd be alive some in the time where guard. kissing is illegal. Yeah, that is bad. And also, is bad. this is uh, the first year I've been single in a while, and it's also the first year Love Island's been cancelled. And I'm like, Love Island just wasn't ready for this potato in a bikini. <laughs> Come stomping on in me Dark Martins being like, right, come on. <laughs> Who wants to talk about Brexit? <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, which I don't think I talked to you about before, was you've done, you've done a lot of uh, international gigs, I think. I, mean, yeah. I know that's a lot, a lot of stand-ups do these various circuits around the world but you've uh that must be a, a I went everywhere. Is it, is it, yeah it's a great thing in your 20s to get to travel the world absolutely with your work yeah because as well Where have I, you like, been? I went to so I came back from Edinburgh in 2017 I went to India for two weeks which was amazing that's somewhere like I never thought I'd get to go that was my first long-haul flight so I'd never right. been on a flight longer than two hours I'd, the furthest right. I've ever been in the world was Spain um so I didn't really understand how long a long haul flight is so I remember getting on the plane and did we have to change no I think it was a straight through um but I was like so how long's the flight then is it like you know four five hours and they were like oh Lauren (laughs) sit down so it was like what like 12 or 14 hours or something I'd never been on a plane that long I'd never been jet lagged I was very confused but I loved it and the whole time I just thought this is mad because I I think people think starting comedy when you're young is good which it is it totally is but also like I feel like, not to get the world's smallest violin out, but I feel like you get to miss a lot of stuff as well. So I I didn't do all the like, oh, let's go travelling after uni because I went to Edinburgh to try and get better at comedy and to make the connections. And and I feel like I devoted everything to comedy. So I didn't get to do the girls' holidays and I didn't do the travelling. But then I got to do all that like while I was still young, but like for me job. So the whole time I was just like, all my stupid friends who saved to go travelling, what they should have done, is grafted very hard in a comedy career <laughs> and then being handed these opportunities. But India was amazing. And when you're playing India, are you playing to uh, local audiences or Yeah, expats? they were largely local, apart from yeah. Bangalore. There was one Irish guy in, I think. Right. That was quite nice. And then after there, I went to Istanbul. But I was literally there for a night. That was weird. And then I did all the Australian ones. So I went Perth, Adelaide. Sydney, Melbourne, loved all that. And yeah. never thought I'd get to go to Australia. And then I went to New Zealand. Didn't even know what to expect there. No only like no only think I've never actually pictured what that country's gonna be like. And all <laughs> I could think that is to do with New Zealand was Lord of the Rings, but I've also not yeah. seen Lord of the Rings. So I was like, I have okay. no visual reference point. That was very fun. And where else yeah. have I been? Montreal, Canada. I love yeah. that. Yeah, so did you do the Montreal Festival? I did. did. You do- 
yeah was, brilliant it was just for laughs so yeah and all that was in the space of about a year from like September to July and it was the best year of my life I absolutely I got a C places I never thought I'd get a C like yeah. I, I ate some kangaroo that was yeah, fun I've eaten a kangaroo, and yeah. like oh and I just as well like I did a lot of obviously you're with other comics but you spend a lot of time on your own as well and the actual flying and stuff I did on my own and I thought I couldn't imagine a few years ago like little shy introverted awkward Lauren being like mate in a few years you're going to get on a plane on your own you're going to go to the other side of the world you're going to have the best time of your life like ah, oh, it was so good so good yeah. Yeah, well, I wonder whether that, you know, it's everything we think, everything you're talking about, you kind of wonder, will we, when will we be able to do those things That's again? That's the thing, and I feel so lucky that I got to do it all, like, yeah. when I did, because the best yeah. thing I did, I don't know if you've ever done it, is the roadshow in Melbourne. No, I didn't do that, no. So, like, that's run Melbourne. by the festival, but rather than just gig in Melbourne, you gig in all these little rural places but obviously because yeah, it couldn't yeah. be so big which again I didn't know um they split it up so I did Victoria and you're in a car with the other comics and you go like a different place every night so you like you get in the car in the morning you drive to a new city you sort of go for dinner you have a little explore you do the gig and then you're in the car the next day but like as someone I always wanted to do you know the camp America like the summer camp stuff I always wanted yeah. to do that but again it's in the summer and I was doing Edinburgh and it felt like I was on like summer camp or something because <laughs> I had a lovely bunch of comedians I had Brennan Reese, I had um Georgie Carroll have you met her she's from Rochdale but lives in Adelaide she used to be a nurse and when you go to her shows her audiences are like full of nurses she's amazing so I was with her um Bob Franklin yeah and this Australian guy who's really good called Ben Knight so I had a lovely group of comics and like we did like escape rooms together in the day and there was one place we went where it was this tiny little town with like you know like like a motel the gig venue and not much else but they had a bowling alley and they opened the bowling alley for us after the show for just us so we could go bowling. And then they apparently they did it for last year's lot as well. And you sign a bowling pin. And that's like okay. a new tradition that all the comedians who come sign this like bowling pin. And that was the best. Because I think like sometimes at the international comedy festivals, it, obviously they are really good fun, but sometimes not everyone wants to hang out and stuff. Some people want to do their sure. own thing, which is fine. But because you're literally traveling in a car together, you get a yeah. dog. Uh, I met two dogs. Okay. Oh, that was, they were good days. I met two dogs. <laughs> but I got to do all these activities. And yeah. like, like bits of Australia. If I'd just gone normal traveling to Australia, I would have done the whole like East Coast or like Melbourne, Sydney, whatever. But I was going to these yeah. tiny little places I'd never heard of. Like it was so good. Like seeing real Australia. But there was one day we were in the car and I saw my first dead kangaroo at the side of the road. And like, yeah. I love animals. You probably gathered that from my Twitter feed. Um, and I got really upset. And then like 10 seconds later, I saw another one. And by the time I counted about 23 dead kangaroos, the girl who was driving was like, Lauren, you're really going to have to stop counting every dead kangaroo you see or this is going to be a long fucking trip. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> there are a lot of dead kangaroos. And it wasn't one of those that you ate, though. You know, When you ate a kangaroo, you didn't jump out. I think out. that's why by the end of the trip, I was like, you know what? I've seen enough dead ones. I think I could eat one. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. absolutely. What did you think of the kangaroo? Do you, I, I like going to – I used to be vegetarian, but I, but then <laughs> I now will. I like to eat every possible animal I can. I felt, so like, did you... I felt a slight guilt – for eating it yeah. because I was like oh you're cute like that's why I don't eat lamb I'm like oh you're nice um but it was nice it was all right very chewy though like it felt like an exercise to eat it and I was like this is I'm tired during my meal it's not how it should be Ooh, crocodile did you, eat cro- did you eat crocodile I think my things have arrived I just heard a noise I'm getting my okay. possessions back oh, really? <laughs> If you want to go down and get them, bring them up, we can go no, through. No, that's the good thing about being back at home. I'm like, you do these things for me now, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> are they glad to have you back, your mum and dad? Are they? Uh... So, but now I'm yeah. I think I've regressed a bit to being a child because I like to think I'm quite independent. Like I learned a lot from, well, obviously you all learn a lot from moving out, but like I couldn't do anything for myself before I moved out. So I think they've seen a big change in this. But because um, I work with my mum now, 
definitely regret regressed being like that scared little kid because a customer asked us a question I didn't know and I instantly panicked and I was like who do I ask who'll know the answer to this and I just went mom <laughs> like across the shoulder <laughs> where's the stuffing <laughs> they probably think you own the supermarket if you're working there your mum's working there that's like for anyone who's like I wonder what supermarket Lauren does work at just next time you're in listen if you hear someone screaming for their mother it's me <laughs> I think you do when I still regress when we go. I mean, that's what I've written this uh, various sitcoms about my family, but I've, this show I write called Relativity is sort of all about even as mm-hmm. in your 40s and 50s, when you go back home, you sort of fall back into the relationships. Yeah. So when your brother, when my brother and sister are there as well, we just completely go back to being Absolutely. them being teenagers and me being, you know, 10 years old. And I think at the minute as well, because of everything that's happening, like, I want to be looked after and I want to be comforted. So it's kind of nice yeah. to be back with my parents because they do that. And because I've not been home in so long, like I think they naturally want to like mother us and comfort us and look after us sort of thing. So at a time when the world's so upside down, it's so nice to have somebody be like, do you want a cup of tea? Do you want, do you want the kettle on? Do you want a biscuit? Should I have some cheese and crackers? And I'm like, I love this. This is nice. Temporary though. I couldn't stay here forever. No way. Sure. And have you been doing any gigs online? Have you, have. Tried, have you tried that? They're yeah. weird, aren't they? They're very yeah. weird. Like, I like them. The best, I described it to someone the other day, it's like corn, you know, corn, meat, like yeah. vegetarian stuff. Oh, yes, I was like, yeah. it serves a purpose, but it's not as good as the real thing. That's very much how I describe. So, like, I find them enjoyable to a certain level, but I'm also like, but it is missing that real, you know, it's missing that real audience laughter. It's missing just the thing of, like, feeling the lights on you and being on, like, I've been doing gigs from here and even if I've really enjoyed myself I'm like at the end of the day I'm still sat on my bed like I'm still in my room but I'm doing one in a comedy club next weekend oh yeah but with no audience yeah, yeah. I think I'll cry I, j- I think I'll cry being because it's the stand as well which means the world's me and I think yeah, the second yeah. I step foot back in that place I'll just be like it's still here comedy never <laughs> left yeah, that is going to be weird. Yeah, I was offered one, and I'm not sure because I haven't. I wasn't really doing stand up. I've done about three like uh-huh. charity gigs in the last eighteen months, and I've ha- I've been doing this, yeah, and, uh, you know, like live versions of this and touring this. Um, and I I was offered like a fi- to do fifty minutes. Oh, yeah. of a headline gig, uh-huh. like sitting sitting here doing comedy. A, I don't know if I, I don't know if I could do fifty minutes, but like the idea, even if I yeah. even if you're on top of your game, doing exactly. fifty minutes to nobody is. I turned one down for a really similar reason yeah. and I felt awful so like I've done a few and I think my consensus is five to ten minutes is best yeah. whereas yeah. like if you'd said that to me like if you've got the choice of a, in a live comedy club of doing 10 minutes or 20 minutes I'd be like 20 every time I want more time to to play and have fun and interact with people but like the live gigs I feel like five ten minutes works best just for like the context and I got offered one by a venue I really liked but it like say it was 45 minutes and I just thought it's a <laughs> TED talk isn't it that, that's it a is. TED talk and I, and I like the yeah. venue too much to do a bad job for them so I was like oh. I'd rather turn it down and it go to somebody who thinks they can do a good job of that than maybe like oh I want the money I'll do it and then do a do a bad job I'm too much of a perfectionist I'm like I care about comedy too much to not do my best and I know that I couldn't do my best in that situation so yeah, that's yeah. Interesting. I think it'd be very interesting actually you know getting back on a stage even without an audience I mean I think that will make more sense yeah. and will feel you know I think just feeling like you're in the place exactly. whether they can do it I and mean, I know some people are doing you're getting audience response a little bit and yeah. you get you know you're hearing them on zoom or whatever but um yeah I mean it's it's I, I sort of hope that once it's all over, comedy clubs will keep filming shows and live streaming shows and, and get yeah. extra revenue that way. The best ones I think that... I've seen are the ones who are like sort of pre-playing sets that were recorded in the club, if you know what yeah. I mean. So I think yeah, like yeah. Hot Water has been doing that in the Comedy Store and I think Comedia as well have interspersed like sort of live things like this with pre-recorded. And I'm like, yeah. that's really good because obviously you're still getting the live because there's laughter there from the night. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I don't know about you, but I've seen so many or a few people be like, I wonder if all these people in lockdown know about that this is like for people who are housebound and stuff. And I was like, yeah. yeah, well, wouldn't it be nice to, if there's one thing we can take from this, it's how do we make the things that we've missed, like, oh, going to comedy and being able to watch comedy or theatre or gigs or whatever, how do we make sure people who this is their life forever 
how can they get to experience that stuff as well? Or just people with kids or anything. Yeah. You know, just like it's so difficult. It's so difficult to get out. So if you've got two young kids going out for an evening exactly. is like a huge thing. You've got to get babysitters. You've got to do this, do that. And so all these things like the National Theatre putting on some shows like yeah. early on, you know, just some recorded shows. You're going to go, oh, we'll watch that. Because, you know, we watch TV. You can watch TV, but that's basically all you exactly. do as a parent. So to to have that opportunity, I don't know. I think there's a big audience out there, and it could actually – my worry is the clubs are going to go down, right? So I think the comedians yeah. should all be able to scrabble their way through, except the, the real drug casualty ones <laughs> who've never worked <laughs> doing anything else for 30 years. They're, they'll – They'll pass away through <laughs> hunger and exhaustion. But every, everyone will be able to scrabble through and find a way to make yeah. a living, I think. But if we come back and there are no clubs, yeah. then that's that's a that's a big, that's big scary. problem. Or, or if the little, you know, the, the clubs that are closed will be the little clubs. Yeah. And those are the clubs that, that, you know, like you know, you needed those clubs exactly. to get to the place you're at now. And then now you're working in the the bigger clubs and touring the world but if you haven't had the little clubs there you wouldn't have you know and nor would I yeah and this is what I've been saying to people as well I'm like there's so much talk about like after this support your local pub or like shop local and I agree with all those things but I'm like yeah and also support your local comedy club and your local arts centre and your local go go have a meal at an independent local restaurant have a drink at a local pub go to your local comedy club and just support support the bit where you live definitely Well, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to, and hopefully, uh, most things will survive. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get through it. Um, yeah, it's uh, it is uh, it's a concern, I have to say, but yeah, I think there's lots of positive things to come out of it, and I, you know, it's great mm-hmm. to it's great that you're being so positive about. It. I think a lot of there's a lot there's a, there's two different types. I mean, there's more than two different types, <laughs> but there are very much that kind of very positive. Yeah. you know, go for it whatever happens i'll keep pushing through and there's there's a you know there is a that more negative and more morose kind of comedian who i think will be really struggling through this because it's you're not getting the endorphins of performing and that's that's a drug if you're not in any other kind of drugs that's a drug i think think, the reason um, i've been so positive is because it's made us realize how much i genuinely love and miss it but i think that can go one or two ways that can either make you really sad or it can put a bit fire in your belly and be like well, I'll do whatever it takes and I'll wait however long to be able, and the moment I can do it again will be so special. So I'm being, I'm being, I'm not normally this positive about anything other than dogs right. or, and high-vis jackets. It's a, it's a new lease of life for me. I'm quite enjoying it. Well, that's it. good. And the, I know I did, uh, I don't know if it ever went out, but I did, uh, we talked about it last time you were on, but I did yeah. that uh, show, that podcast with you uh, for BBC Sounds. I don't know whatever. I don't know what happened. No. It, um, our advice wasn't good enough. We learned about um, mortgages, didn't we? We did. It was very exciting for yeah. me as well. Uh, <laughs> but uh, are, you, are you getting work like that? You do, are you doing more podcasting stuff? Yeah, so we do one, me and my friend Aaron, who works for uh, Dave and he's an ambassador for Calm. We were doing a mental health podcast. And then obviously when lockdown hit, we decided to do some like sort of isolation episodes about like surviving in lockdown and keeping like sane in lockdown and I think that really helped as well um I've been enjoying doing those what else have I done I don't know I work a lot very (laughs) very happy (laughs) yeah that's good let me ask a couple more emergency questions and then I'll let you get back to looking to see if your things are broken on the on the journey up yeah Um, let me have a look uh I could go. Let's let's go early. Let's go early on. I don't ask the early questions very much. Um, seeing you're single, I could ask you, uh, would you rather date... I've got to get the question. Would you rather date a man who is a six-foot-tall penis or oh, a man no. who, instead of having a penis, has a tiny man down there instead? Tiny man. Tiny yeah. man. You'd go for the tiny man? I'm only five very foot quick. three. Yeah. So, like, I wouldn't want to walk around with a willy that's bigger than me. No. No, no way. Okay. That'd be intimidating. And like whereabouts well, on the willy would my head be? Because I think if well, six foot five foot three, I mean you'd just three. be down. You'd be below the helmet. Oh, I'd be, exactly, I'd be right in the middle of both bits. Like, <laughs> no, that's a world of yeah. smells, isn't it? No, yeah, no, I guess. But little tiny. I mean, no man. offense to six foot tall penis men who don't all smell. Um, <laughs> the tiny man. So not all six foot penis men. <laughs> <laughs> And the tiny man is a sentient being in his own right as well. So yeah. you've got you're two for the price. But if you don't like the person it's attached to, that's the danger. Though. What if you fall in love with, with either the penis or the man, but exactly. you don't like the, the other one? That's one of life's great, 
create that's problems. That's why it's better to just be in a in a monogamous relationship <laughs> rather than attempt uh, a sort of Siamese. It's not quite a Siamese twin situation, but almost. Close um, enough. Uh, I think I asked you about ghosts last time you were on. Yes, I remember you that you, had, you thought you had seen a ghost, yeah. Um, uh, let me ask you, uh, what do you think happens when we die? Like, what, Lauren, what do you think? Uh, I think, I don't believe, you... well, weirdly, because I said I'd seen a ghost, but I also don't believe there's yeah. anything after. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a big yeah. old snooze. Yeah, just that's it. It's all over. I used to love though listening to um. We've got this radio station up here called Metro Radio, and like I don't know if there's any Jodie people watching or listening, but you will know Alan Robson, who is like a local DJ radio presenter up here, and he presented the show called Night Owls, and he did a lot of like ghost hunts as well. And I used to listen to the show like religiously when I was a kid, and he would do regressions. You know, you take people back okay, to yeah, like, yeah. and I got obsessed with listening to that and wondering like what my former life would have been or who I was in a previous life. But I don't think I, either I've not been anyone in a previous life or I was someone so fucking boring that I haven't recalled any of those memories. Well, you can't. I don't, it's a sort of weird thing because why would you do it if you don't remember? If you, if you have no yeah. memory of it, what's the point of it, really? Exactly. Uh, even even if the memory is repressed in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, though I, there was a thing in the paper there, on the, in the paper, on the news website the other day about a guy who'd briefly... Uh, been in a coma and when he woke up he could speak fluent French ah. uh, and he and he don't but he'd done French for uh, at school or something but it, with yeah. some while since he'd done it and for a few minutes he could speak fluent French but also his family ah. from a few generations ago were from Normandy so they were there was a theory oh, that, that some like of that information somehow it gets into your DNA which might be true because it's kind of freaky the way kids learn to speak any language they up don't they yeah but, you know, you'd think if there was something, if there was some kind of residual half-memory within DNA, I don't think there is. Yeah. I've be been trying to, learn, trying to learn Spanish during this on, you know, one of the like, language learning apps. Yeah. I've gone, well, because I complete a lesson and I'm like, I am fluent. And then I redo the lesson and I'm like, I retained none of this. Yeah, I find like, languages is my worst. I was good at school, but languages were my... Uh, well, I like Latin, but you didn't have to speak it. Yeah. Speaking languages <laughs> was... Uh, <laughs> Was my absolute worst thing, and I and I yeah I couldn't I couldn't face it. I've been getting um, really wound up because obviously I've got the accent, so like I can do that, I can read it, and I can like write it. But then you know sometimes it asks you to speak it, but I can't do I can't speak with any other accent other than this. So I'm like la quienta por favor, and it's like sorry <laughs> that was incorrect, and I'm like oh, wow, okay. what was written down? But apparently <laughs> Duolingo doesn't accept Geordie Spanish for you to pass their modules. Yeah, I think trying to learn. I think at, at the beginning of lockdown, people had a lot of hopes about the amazing things they could get done. Yeah. Um, and it was all that like fitness thing at the start. I yeah. don't think I think hardly anyone has kept up the fitness. Everyone's nearly up everyone's on put that, on maybe. a everyone's put on a stone. <laughs> there's going to be a big thing. There's going to be a lot of. There's going to be lots of drinking. There's lots of screwing. Lots of orgies and lots of. Um, Whatever we were just talking about, now I've got yeah. distracted by all these stuff. <laughs> fitness, uh, Richard. We were fitness. About... <laughs> that's it. Fitness, which is is sort of orgy as well. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be the roaring twenties. We're gonna have a great time, Amazing. but it'll be it'll be twenty twenty two. I think before that happens. Oh, absolutely. Um, but you'll have a great time. I won't. I'll have the same time as I'm having <laughs> at the moment, which is a great time with my lovely wife, who might be watching downstairs. Lovely disclaimer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you might see it. Hey, look, um, it's been really lovely to see you again. I'm so glad yeah. you are saying so positive. It's terrific, and well done for uh, pushing on through in all these various ways. Uh, I'd ask you when we're going to see you again, but we don't know when we're going to see you on stage yeah. again. But more uh, likely to see us in the supermarket. I probably will. Scanning everything sole- through with a carrot. <laughs> some Solera's back for us. Yeah, learn your vegetables before no. you learn another language. Learn, learn your, vegetables. your vegetables. Is there and, an app for uh, that? <laughs> Good luck with everything. I'm sure it's going to all be fine. Oh, and, uh, thank you. I'll let I'll let you get back to your possessions. But thank you very much uh, for you at home. Uh, if you come back at ten o'clock, I'll be talking to Bill Burr. So why not tune in for that? Uh, but thank you very much for the moment, ladies and gentlemen, Lauren Patterson. Hey. Thank you very much, and we'll see you soon. Goodbye. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Lauren Patterson. Thank you to Pest for continuing to provide the wonderful music. Thank you to everyone at ACAST, everyone at Twitch. 
and everyone at the British Comedy Guide, and to Chris Evans, not that one, who has provided invaluable assistance in getting all this stuff together. I'm indebted to my executive producer, Harsh Aran, Harsh Singh. Um, we used to say his, uh, his notes were a little bit harsh, what we said on set. It made us laugh because his name is Harsh, and actually they were very harsh notes. He really picked the whole thing to pieces, if I'm honest. Uh, this is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. Go to GoFasterStripe.com slash badges, become a monthly badger. You can help us out by going to GoFasterStripe.com and buying emergency questions, books or trump cards. And very shortly we will be launching a couple of Kickstarter campaigns for snooker and stone clearing, which will also provide us money to go towards making even more content. For you, because we like you. What's your fucking problem? We like you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye. <laughs>